All right, man, here we are. And you know what's interesting is that we were talking before we started recording. I was going through kind of a down point mm-hmm. maybe over the last several weeks. I feel really good now. And I feel really good. I feel really positive, feel very driven. And I think when we look at a new year, people always start re- re- talking about New Year's resolutions and mm-hmm. what they're going to do this year. And that, and, that, and sometimes people are really cynical about stuff like that. They're going, oh, man, all these New Year's resolution people. I'm not going to lie. I've been that person. You, yeah. yeah. yeah <laughs> I've, I've been documenting. I call, them re- you know, I call them New Year's resolutionaries. I've, I've gone on. I've told them, there are episodes where I've talked about that. I've been that guy. I'll admit it. Yeah, I've been that guy before as well. And I think there's always going to be a resistance. And sometimes <clears throat> we just go out of our way to create resistance. But anytime you try to do something good for yourself, there's always resistance. You always mm-hmm. notice that. There's always something that gets in the way or some kind of change you need to make, there's always resistance. And you just have to, you have to look at resistance, not so much as, okay, this is a sign that I shouldn't be doing this. More often, it's a sign that you need to do this now. Right. It's a sign that, okay, the reason why I have resistance regarding this situation of improving myself, whether it's training or doing anything else, the reason why I have that resistance is because this is something I really need that's important and I need to get it out there. Right. Somebody, you are for some reason you are truly trying to avoid this thing, and that's the reason why you need to give it attention. You know, because right. then you got to ask yourself, why are you trying to avoid this? What is it? What is it doing? You know, what? Why are you finding adversity in this this thing? And <clears throat> you know, that resistance gives you a moment to really just stop going through your everyday routine or whatever, and just really take a deep dive and take a look at yourself because there's probably some things you've been trying to ignore for whatever reasons, you know, it might spark some type of trauma or, or, you know, you just feel like there's some type of vulnerability that you don't want to revisit that you've had before, or just the fact that to address it, you have to, you know, you have to start over start from the beginning and risk looking foolish or feeling awkward or, you know, having to deal with the difficulty because it's not something that you've done before and it's not easy. And, you know, and so therefore you might make mistakes. And if you make mistakes, again, there's that vulnerability. And then, you know, there's the whole perk of being, you know, perk of being human, you know, whereas once you start, once you master something, you're really good at it, even if it's not something that's not even that beneficial to your well-being. Once you master that, there's something about this kind of a superhero type feeling you get. Like I'm, I'm good at this now. I'm great at this. And then here comes something that you've been that says like, "Hey, you need this adversity. You need to try this. You need really do this." And now you've been reduced back to being that that civilian, that regular person who's not a superhero in their mind anymore. You know, I think that's what really throws people off. That's that's the reason why a lot of people don't want to change. Come on. I ain't gonna lie, me included. You know, a lot of times it's just like, because again, there's just something about things being recognizable, safe, as is. But, you know, it's a trait that's been going on since the beginning of humanity because that's what kept us alive. <laughs> you know, during those crazy days of dinosaurs and, and wild beasts or whatever else, it's like once you had that safety and you knew like being in this particular cave around this tribe and, and not going out and venturing out or whatever to the unknown, to my, once you, you knew that being around your, your familiar places or whatever was safe, that's what you did because you wanted to freaking live. You wanted to survive. So there's always that it's in our DNA to always want to be comfortable and be safe and be around something familiar and not have to deal with a challenge or an adver- or adversity because back then dealing with adversity could cost you your life. <laughs> now it just may cost you, you know, your, your reputation or basically just like it might cost you your ego. That's what it really will cost you at this point, you know, for most people, because we're pretty much in a, especially here in the West, we're pretty much in a somewhat civilized world. So it's not like some savages are going to come out necessarily and destroy you if you venture out and do things. Right. You know, you don't have to worry about marauders coming through our neighborhood. <laughs> right. Getting raped and pillaged. <laughs> so. Right. I think, I think what helps, you, you have to build your adversity conditioning. And sometimes there's everyday things you can do, which may not seem that impactful or meaningful, but add up. And one thing I like to do is walk my dog Raina when at night when it's somewhat cold. It's not cold compared to the East Coast or Midwest. You hear about all these crazy weather reports going on right now. So I want to frame this appropriately because some people are going to laugh. They're going to be like, come on, Mike, you know, walking around Vegas at night is not even in the ballpark of walking around over here. And that's true. But it's still cold enough that it's uncomfortable and you don't want to do it. Like you second you walk out there, you're like, oh, man, I don't want to do this. 
Right. But what's good about having a dog is I want my dog to be healthy. I want her to be taken care of and she needs to get out every day. So whether I feel like doing it or not, whether I'm tired, whether it's cold, whatever the reason, I got to get out there and do it. And guess what? It's always good for my mental health. Going for a long walk is meditation for me. It always yeah. feels good. I never go for a long walk and after I get home, go, man, I wish I skipped that walk today. Right. Now that was a waste of time. It's like, no, it feels good. It feels good to be out there. And then it's good to be cold to the point where you're uncomfortable. I'm not talking about shivering where your teeth are rattling and all that, but just a level of discomfort. You're like, okay, it's cold out here and I'm going to be out here for about an hour at least because we're going right. to go walk a couple miles. And yeah. your body has, and that's, so you just have to tough it out a little bit. Like, and now again, I realize this is seemingly insignificant, but I bring it up because a lot of people cave even over something. It's, it's those seemingly insignificant things that people cave on that are the most disastrous. Those yeah. are the most insidious because it's easy to talk yourself out of those things going, oh, it's not that big of a deal. I can skip that walk today. Or, you know, I started taking cold showers, but I don't feel like taking a cold shower this morning. I'm just going to take a hot shower and I'll, I'll get back on the cold shower front later on. Now, whether you believe in the merits of cold shower or not, I, that, that's irrelevant. I bring it up because it's uncomfortable for most people. So again, mm -hmm. so it's a simple thing that you can do to make yourself uncomfortable and just build up a little bit of resilience. Yeah. But it's very easy to not do it. It's very easy to just turn it up, to, turn up the heat or skip that walk because it's cold outside or you don't feel like going to the gym. You're not motivated. You go, oh, you know what? Let me go tomorrow instead. I'll be more motivated. It's like, no, go when you're not motivated. Because even if you have a crappy workout, just the fact that you showed up and put in some effort, you're going to feel better. You're not going to feel worse. You're going to feel better that you did that. And then you're going to build some consistency as well. Because just like building a business or building, when you look at an effective training regimen, the most important thing is consistency. Forget about yeah. all the bells and whistles of the program. Forget about like, okay, if I just organize this day this way and I organize this day that way, and then I combine these two things. No, 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 no. The most important thing is that you're actually consistent with it. It actually has to be a training regimen. For some people, that may mean you do three moves, sometimes two moves. You do two mm -hmm. moves, deadlifts and pull-ups, and then you go home. Next day, mm -hmm. squats and presses, go home. Mm -hmm. Now, it sounds like an oversimplification. Like, oh, how is it going to be productive just doing those two things? Like, well, you're doing two things really well, and then you're building consistency. And also, you're building sustainability because right. you're, you can go, okay, I have time to do this. You know, I have time to go to the gym and do these two moves and then get out of there as opposed to, uh, I don't have time to do six, seven different things. So I'm just not going to go at all. Right. And like I said, it starts, it really just starts building that muscle because there's, there's some satisfaction in knowing that, you know what, even though I really didn't want to do that, I did it anyway. So you start thinking like, well, what else can I do that I really don't want to do? It's really easy to do things when you feel like it. <laughs> there's no challenge in that. And there's nothing really exciting in that either. You know, it doesn't really shake up that core of who you are as a human being by doing that. It doesn't awaken anything. It doesn't say, dude, you, you're a badass because, oh, you woke up, you brushed your teeth today. You've been doing that pretty much, hopefully, every day since, <laughs> since you had teeth. Okay. So there's nothing challenging about that, you know, but like you said, like, okay, I'm going to lease while I'm in this hot shower. For 10 minutes, I'm going to just turn on full blast cold. Like, dude, <laughs> well, here's one thing about it. that warm shower is relaxing. It's calming. It, it's, it's basically this is what the human body is already warm, hopefully, you know, so you're used to that because you're, you know, you think that you're alive. But then we turn that cold water and it perch, it, it wakes you up and your your alertness, everything is heightened during that point, you know, that. And so when it's done, you're like, OK. Then you feel alive, which is so freaking crazy like that, <laughs> because you're like, I just did that. It's weird, you know, but I just did that. <laughs> Meanwhile, there are people that are like live in northern, way extreme north or like Antarctica. And like, oh, dude, it's like, nah, <laughs> I'd rather really take that blazing hot shower for once in my life to see what that's like. You know, so again, everything's very relative to, you know, who you are. You know, just like you were saying about like, you know, being cold in Vegas and being like in the 40s or something like that. But here's something I want to add to that, though. You know, yeah, you know, there may be folks on the East Coast that think like, oh, it's not that cold. Is it, how's it a challenge? But here's what I look at when you say that, Mike, when you're walking at night in Vegas, you know, minus that, you know, you got that nice dry, cold weather at this time of year. But here's the, here's something else that I feel like is a little more invigorating. The fact that you deal with something that I don't deal with here when I walk at night. Dude, it's like, you got to deal with coyotes. 
<laughs> you know, there's always that, that that surprise every now and then. Like, I don't care who you are. Like, yeah, you may see it. I'm like, dude, I don't think that's something I could get used to seeing on a regular basis or no one is out there. Oh, and then the fact that you're out there in Vegas. So it's like you've got to deal with other things like scorpions or things like that. You know, it could be anywhere. Hell, a random snake could just be going by, you know, because, again, you're out in an environment where it breeds those type of beings. So to be in out at night, you know, where it's kind of dark, where it's dark in certain areas, or whatever, those possibilities are out there. So there's a challenge in just in that. And for a lot of people, they'll hear they're like, oh, no, you can't get me to walk around in Vegas at night. And that all that madness is going on, you know, because they're not used to that. Why not? You know, so. That's how I look at it. I said that that right there, there's a challenge right there that I could like welcome, you know, because every time you do like, huh. Or even if you see the coyotes, like, okay, I saw a coyote. He didn't attack me. He went his own way. Now you've got to understand pretty much how their behavior is instead of just assuming that, oh man, walking around at night and coyotes, man, you know, they, they'll, they'll jump you and they'll attack you, <laughs> you know? So I'm not and saying go out and challenge them. I, when I do these walks, it's after working out. So your body's already tired. You just want to right. come eat something and i go you know what i'm not going to eat anything i'm just going to go out in this fasted state mm-hmm. i want to get this out of the way first i don't want to do any delaying tactics you know because that's another way to obliterate any chance mm-hmm. of goal achievement is that you just look for these delays like oh let me do this first let me do that first and you're just trying to delay what you need to do i go no let me go get the walk out of the way now then i can come home and relax rather than try to <clears> relax for 20 minutes and, and then, then re- yeah, yeah try to re-motivate yourself to get back out yeah. And yeah. even going on that faster state even makes your awareness even more heightened, yeah. you know, which is pretty much like all the people that people love to fantasize, romanticize about, you know, like the Spartans and all those others and all these warriors and all this other stuff. You know, the reason why they were these documented badasses the way they were, a lot of times they did all these feats and and these historic type situations they did it in a facet state they were heightened you know they weren't sitting there with full bellies and just finished eating dinner and then think like okay let's go out and let's go out and fight one of the most epic battles in history that'll be they'll be talking about from centuries to come you know because they would have been too full to nah hey man we need to go fight you know <laughs> you know the persians uh okay well let me take a nap first because man that meal i just had you know but then once i take this nap i'll be ready to go no they would have been slaughtered <laughs> you know so there's just something that's there's, there's something to be said about fasting we talked about it millions of times but just even in just in the things that you consume as far as what you watch or whatever else just it's funny how just fasting from things how heightened your awareness becomes in so many situations so something can even be said about that so yeah you know and one but you know one of the best things you can do is to do a walk at least an hour or so, you know, or three miles or five miles, however you want to look at it, how you want to measure it. If you're going to measure it, do that in a fasted state and just check out your awareness, check out how you feel, you know, just check out how more in tune you are to things. I mean, you can't really do any damage to your body if you're walking in a fasted state, you know, so. Right. Right. And it's just dealing with hunger is it's, it's good to deal with hunger a couple times every day. Yeah. I'm not talking about ravenous hunger where your blood sugar drops and you feel like you're going to pass out. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about a level of hunger where you get back from a workout, you go, man, I want to eat a meal right now. And you go, nope, I'm going to delay it for another hour. So I want to right. get the fuck out of the way. You know, what's, what's funny is you'll find that once you make that decision and you're out there, you're not hungry now. No. Not as if when I'm walking rain, I'm going, oh man, let's get this walk over with as quickly as possible. I'm going to go eat. It's like, no, that appetite just shuts off because you told your per- your brain told your body, it's like, look, not right now. We're going to have a meal when we get back. Yes, your brain's like, okay, I got to focus on this walk. I got to focus on these coyotes. I got to, I have time to think about a vegan burger. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're going to be more primed to digest that meal as well when you give it a little bit more time. Yeah. Because a lot of times people think, okay, if I just worked out, I got to get a meal in within an hour, and you don't. All you have to do is get a meal in within four hours mm-hmm. for recovery. And I think in some ways it's better to wait a while. Yeah. Let, let your, your nervous system's all jacked up and you got adrenaline and you know, just like, well, I mean, you're fighting inflammation, like enzymes right. are going to fight inflammation. That it's a good time to take something like Restorezyme because it's, those enzymes are going to go right to fighting up inflammation. And if once you start eating, those enzymes go to digest food right. rather than help your body recover. So I'm not saying that you should fast after you work out indefinitely, but I'm just saying that you don't have to be so pedantic with nutrient timing. It doesn't have right. to be, well, there's this window of opportunity, 45 minutes after <laughs> training, I got to get something right in. It's like, yeah, that window of opportunity will be there for a while. 
It's a pretty big window right there, buddy. It's not, it's not a trap door. I was reading Stephen Pressfield's book, which I really like. He's a war of arts and mm-hmm. turning pro. He wrote Gates of Fire, of course, and Legend of Bagger Vance. But and he's I been on our show. <laughs> actually, Pressfield's never been on the show. I thought, I thought we had Pressfield before. In the, in I reached the, out to him early in the show. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. And he was too busy to do it at the time. Scheduling issue. Well, well, it's just a code for saying I don't want to do it. (laughs) (laughs) To be honest, what it is. Right. Not like we didn't have big names on the show back then. We had Robert Green and so many other people, so many other big time authors. (laughs) Johan Hari. Yeah. So many, so many good ones. So, and that's okay. You know, I understand. Look, there's things I don't want to do either. I just, and you want to be polite though, because someone reached out to you. So anyway, (laughs) in his book though, he talks about. He's a writer. So every day he spends time writing between certain hours. I just start writing. Now he goes, most of what I write is garbage. It doesn't make it to the light of day, but I'm working on the skill set of writing because he goes, the mistake people make when it comes to writing is only writing when you feel inspired to do it. You're never going to write a book with that mentality because you're not always going to feel inspired. So it's, it's just like training. It's just like working out where you, you go through periods where you're really motivated and those are fun periods because you make great progress. I mean, it's, it's nice to have that feeling of, oh, man, I can't wait to get to the gym and crush it. I'm going to destroy. That's great. And it's fun to go through those periods. But you're going to go through even more periods where you don't feel like going at all. And yeah. you just have to push. What do you do then? You just say, well, I'm going to wait for that motivation to come back. Well, the motivation may not come back for three months. <laughs> right. and you're going to be really demotivated because you're going, to, you're going to finally get back in. You're going to be significantly weaker. Everything's going to feel heavy. You're going to be super sore because you have, you're detrained now, deconditioned, and that that's going to be more demoralizing. So I like what he said about, I'm a writer, so that I'm a professional. I'm not an amateur. Amateur is just <laughs> waiting for motivation. He goes, I'm a professional. So between these hours, I'm going to write every day. Whatever comes to mind, I'm just going to work on it. Yeah, and in that, that process, something great always materializes, but you're yeah. working on the skill. I like that. I mean, that's something I'm probably going to so that's one thing I'd like to work on too. Not even so much writing another book or, you know, I write poetry for my psychological health, but just, just writing these, just focusing on writing every day. It could just be a journal. Well, it's funny that you brought that up because um, I was just reading um, um, the, the guy that's behind spotter up um, the website and um, his name is uh, Michael Christina. And I was just actually just reading a post that he just put up about the exact same thing, just writing every day. He just gets up, he just writes. A lot of times just, you know, you know, it's not just necessarily for their blog, you know, for the blog or whatever else. It's just, you just get something right because it's just something about expressing those ideas that's in your head. And again, just putting pen to paper. He said, and the biggest thing he says about writing, especially because it is a lost art form at this point, because everything is so digital and we're always on our computers and always typing things and texting things. But he even said, just from a legacy standpoint, he's like, you just sit there and you write, physically write something. And this is something that you can leave behind when you're gone, you know, just like, and just to kind of someone just pick up and just read your thoughts or whatever else, like, because I mean, let's just be honest. We are so bombarded with so many things in the, in a digital arena on our computers or whatever. And we're so distracted because there's always something else. There's 50 million tabs opened up, you know, there's, we're constantly scrolling, but when you actually sit and have to pick up a book or pick up someone's journal, or pick up a, a notepad, you, you know, it's, you're, you're pretty much not looking at other things you're not looking around and trying to find, hold another book in your hand or another notepad in your hand, looking from side to side while you're reading that, you know, it tends to get your attention that way. And I think that's like I said, that's a lost art form. And it was just so interesting. Like you said, you brought that up. Cause I was just sitting there thinking about, yeah, just more writing, just like one of my biggest things is more reading, but not online, just really getting back to reading. Cause I've, I've slipped up when it comes to just actually picking up a book and just sitting aside a certain amount of time each day, away from a computer, just actually just reading. I don't want to read on a Kindle anymore because that became a bit of a crutch because again, you're holding this electronic device, you're sitting, you're reading it, but then it's an electronic device. It's really easy to kind of just get distracted and swipe or a notification pops up or something like that. And you're looking at it. And then even if you're trying to ignore it, you can't for some reason. So whereas with a book is like, it's just you in the book. That's it. I don't care if it's or even it's just me in a magazine article, an actual from an actual magazine. Because let's just be honest, it's like these are dying mediums at this point. You know, sad. So it was crazy because uh, just uh, about a week or so ago, in the time that we recorded this, you know, um, Barnes and Noble had like half off hardcovers for like two days there. Like man, so I ended up picking up um, a, 
like Robert Greene's latest book um, and um, the daily laws. And then I picked up Will Smith's new book and who else? Oh, and Jordan Peters, you know, uh, 12 rules. So it was just kind of good. So, you know, just to sit there and actually sit there and hold a book and just sit there and read these things. Yeah. I could have easily just downloaded them and got the audio book or whatever else. I was like, no, I'm I'm, going to go back to just being primitive. And I know it sounds like something so simple when you hear it, but when you sit there and just really look at your day to day, that these things are not as simple anymore as they used to be. Because again, our whole world is being just so digital now and everything's so easily accessible. And then we tend to just lose appreciation for these simple things like just picking up a book and reading it and taking the time and really, because there's something else to be said about when you're picking up a book or, or when you're writing, because you're inviting other senses, which makes it a little bit more significant, you know, and memorable. And there's a little bit more attached to it when you do it that way, because now you've got that sense of sight. You got that sense of touch because you're holding a pen or you're holding that book, but also you're probably more aware, like you smell the book, you know, so, or maybe you can smell the notepad or if you know, if you're someone that actually has like a journal that might be bound in leather, you're smelling that all these different things are being triggered. All these senses are being triggered. Whereas when you're looking at a computer screen, you're just looking at, you know, you're sitting there, you're fighting blue, you know, you got blue rays messing with your eyes or whatever else you're losing your sight or whatever else. And you're just sitting there just staring at the stuff. And again, touch might just be you scrolling through scrolling through and that's about it. But so many of the other senses are not being triggered why this is happening and so it makes whatever you're doing a little less memorable you know and less like say there's less of a connection to what you're doing it's just passing it's just going through it's very it's here and it's gone it's here and it's gone it's here and it's gone and the next thing you know we're just kind of going into this robot state where it's just we're just kind of just programmed and it's just like uh, how how well is this information that we're acquiring how well is it sticking compared to actually inviting more of the senses and you have to force your body to be more present when you're, you know, you're going through and reading or writing these things, you know, than other than just sitting there typing on a keyboard, you know, because what really changes, it's like the QWERTY keyboard, those letters are in the same place all the time. Whereas when you're writing your hands changing positions, you're on different pieces, different part of the paper at all times, you're writing in a certain way. You're everybody's handwriting is different. Whereas this keyboard, these letters look the same, no matter what. So how does that really stick with you? You know, as far as just comprehending and really feeling the information that you're, you're taking in. So, but yeah. Definitely yeah, those true. are all really interesting points. I mean, I, I definitely use my Kindle and I, I devour, I, I got into, I'm, I'm definitely a, a pretty avid reader. I went through a period last year where I wasn't reading much, might've been a couple of months. Yeah. And then I got back into it. You know, one thing about reading is just read whatever captures your attention. Exactly. Sometimes people feel, oh, I need to read this. That's self-help help. or I got business books and blah, blah. You know, I love reading autobiographies mm-hmm. and anything to do with the music industry, especially the hard rock industry, 90s period, yeah. or just anything. You know, I read David Grohl's book recently. I'm not even a mm-hmm. fan of Foo Fighters. Mm-hmm. It was a great book. He had all these yeah. different stories of just things that he experienced throughout his career. And it was really well written and it was a very enjoyable read. Yeah. I don't limit myself to, well, I'm not a fan of his. I don't want to pick up that book. What's cool about Kindle though, is you can get samples. Yeah. And I tell you what, that, that sample function is very effective at getting me to. Oh, they know what to get. They know what sample to send you. <laughs> well, I mean, usually it's the beginning of the book, but I mean, within the first, within the beginning, you know, whether this is something you're going to want to read or not. Right. Sometimes I read samples and I go, nah, I don't think this is a fit for me. But a lot of times I go, this is really good. And then it just cuts off, right? Yeah. <laughs> you're like, wait, 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 hold on. It was just getting good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then yeah. if you get like a prime, you know, membership or something like that, it's just like, oh, you know, or you can get a few, you know, you can, you can download a certain amount of books for free because you're a prime member. You know, so that helps. I, like, I think people should read whatever it is that you're interested in at the moment. And for yeah. me, it's very diverse. Sometimes I do read some of those self-help books or mm-hmm. philosophy books, or religious studies, whatever it is, tra- training books, you know, whatever it is, you know, hormone optimization. I read some of, I definitely read that kind of stuff as well still. But I also like to go into arenas that have nothing to do with anything I do professionally. Yeah. Well, it's one way. It's one way to not to just get stuck into a rut and a routine. You know, if you're stuck in, just keep reading that same subject because after a while, is that information even sticking at that point? You know, or are you reading the same stuff just worded differently? You know, it's like it's 
how you know how well will it keep your interest? You know. Yeah. Also, if you want to write, you have to read. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> writer's block is you don't have anything to say, and why don't you have anything mm-hmm. to say? Because you just have the same thoughts in your mind that are being recycled. So now you mm-hmm. expose yourself to other people's thoughts through an autobiography mm-hmm. or any book. And now I'm not saying go copy those ideas, but what's happening is it's going to stimulate you to start thinking. It will about bleed it. into. That's why so many now musicians you have more to talk about. Now you have right. something like you know what? Now I have something I want to say. Yeah. Like especially when you get out of your room, because you know that's why so many like musicians or artists they don't look at other artists in their in their realm, you know, in their category, or whatever, because they don't want that stuff bleeding into what they're doing. So they'll do something totally out of the norm. They'll, oh, you know, I just went to the park and I was just hanging out, you know, and just watching people, you know, just go about their days. Like some days I just, I'll just go and, you know, just go to the grocery store and just go up and down the freaking aisles or whatever, you know, and just, just kind of check people out or whatever. Just look at the stuff on the shelf. That helps me write or helps me make music or whatever, because, but they don't, you'll see some of these interviews like, well, what, as a musician like who are you into right now who's what's whose new album are you checking out right now most people are like oh i'm not listening to anybody right now because i'm working on mine which is a good thing because you don't necessarily want that stuff to bleed into your stuff because i think that's what happens with a lot of artists that's why so many albums sound the same even though it's a different artist even it can be a different category but it ends up sounding like all right man why does this country song sound like little Nas x <laughs> you know because that's probably what that person was listening to or whatever but so like, like I said, it really helps to kind of get outside of your, your, what's normal to you and say your circle, your, your expertise. And just like, you, you'd be surprised what you'll find inspiration in that. It has nothing to do with what you, that you focus on that you're supposed to be an expert in. Right. So you wanted that diversity really does help. And sometimes it's just, you just want to read other stuff without having to be inspired to do whatever you're doing. Just like, okay, I just want to do something. I, I need to get my mind off of my everyday stuff. What I write about, what I read about, what, whatever I'm working on, just what else is out there. Right. You know, because that also helps you also be a well-rounded human being. And when you're out and having these interactions with people, you're not so limited on your knowledge. You know, even if you don't necessarily know exactly, you know, everything about whatever someone else is talking about, you're able to, Engage in the conversation to a point where you may not be able to add to it, but maybe you can ask the right questions to this person, you know, because you've been reading so much, you've opened your mind so much that you are, you're, you're, you're having a sense of wonder. You're having a sense of wonder. So when someone's talking about something, you kind of like, Hmm, okay. So you're actually really paying attention to what they're talking about and you're asking questions because you, right. you, you're trying to learn more about whatever they're talking about. Because, hey, it sounds interesting at the moment. You may not be something you're going to get into. But, again, you're able to participate in the conversation and just have this this human interaction, this experience. You know, so you're not so limited. When people are so limited, they're just turned off by anything that doesn't fit whatever this person's used to, what you're used to, what your norm is. And you're like, ah, I don't care about that. And so you're just kind of looking at someone with a blank stare or you're scrolling and you're looking at your phone or something like that and just like, ah. Okay. Now there are some people that are just overwhelming and just like, okay, dude, we're, you're kind of all over the place right now. And I got to go feed my dog. <laughs> so sometimes I mean, there is some things you got to just kind of like, all right, that's, I'm good now. That's enough. How do we get here with this conversation? All I did was just asking you like, Hey man, what, what kind of smoothie is that? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, when you read books from people that you know have totally different views than yours as well, that's good too, because it's easy easy just to gravitate towards what is familiar or reinforces what you already believe. Yeah. Look at things that have, that are totally outside. That that challenges you, you know, that challenges even your thoughts, you know, just, and it also helps like, hey, let's just say something's really out there. And well, what better way to understand it is just like, just, then, then to read it. So therefore you could, if it ever comes up, you could have that conversation. You both could share those opposing views and, you know, you don't necessarily have to agree with that person or whatever else, but you ha- what you have here is more knowledge about, about the topic itself because nothing's black or white, man, no matter what people think. There's no either or. Even the whole, it's always funny when there are no absolutes. Somebody, even that's not even absolute. <laughs> so... Yeah. But uh yeah, man. 
Yeah, the read the reading is definitely that. That's a that's a good skill set to just because it's 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 also something where any any chance you get to get away from technology is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Now on my Kindle, I don't go online on it. I don't think I even can. I have an older version, so I'm not mm-hmm. getting a bunch of distractions on there. I'm just reading. Yeah. But I mean, it, it's good to have a day where you don't look at your phone at all, or you don't look oh, at yes. more specifically, just yeah. one day. I mean, some people are like, man, one day? I go, well, that's nothing. <laughs> really? Right. Somebody, somebody, have you ever wondered if you had an addiction? Yeah. <laughs> Is if you reply with that answer, like one day, okay, you have a bit of a problem. <laughs> like, what are you, you going to miss? Go two weeks without posting anything on social media, nothing, just to see if you can do it. You know, because yeah. some people are so addicted to the dopamine hit up. I post something and a bunch of people like it and people tell me how great I am, blah, blah, blah. And now they're just constantly chasing that hit. Yeah. I got to give props to uh, acquaintance that we both have online. Um, um, Sean, Sean Thompson, you know, we both were like, you know, yeah, he yeah. follows us, we follow him. And, you know, he, you know, he and I, we, we interact a lot, you know, through DM, you know, on IG. And we share a lot of, you know, good information, things like that. And, you know, I got a message from him today, you know, and I saw he had posted it, but, you know, he sent me a personal message because we do right. interact with each other a lot. He's like, hey, man, I'm, I'm, I'm taking six months off of social media so I can practice what I preach, you know, yeah. and, and I was like, and I was like, good for you, bro. He's so he's like, yeah, I'll be back six months. So, well, you know, so kind of give me a heads up, not, you know, so I won't just be sending messages and wondering like, Hey, he's not answering. But even though yeah, yeah. I see him on my timeline, I already saw the post when I, and I was already like praising him for that. I'm like, yeah, man, you need to, I said, we all need to take these social media and technology, you know, fast, you know, just for our own sanity. So, you know, props to him for that. You know, Hey, I'm like, trust me, six months from now, IG is not going to be, any, he's not going to miss anything. <laughs> if anything, he's going to gain a lot more by just like, like he said, he wanted to focus more on himself, his family, you know, and things like this. I'm like, yeah, it, it's, I know sometimes we think like, well, I'm only on for like just a little time, you know, each day or whatever. But even that still takes us away from a lot of stuff that truly matters, you know, out here in the real world and out here in the carbon based world. So it's a lot. So it's, there are times where I'm just, I'm missing for a couple of days, like especially these last couple of months where I just, I just broke it out in chunks. Sometimes it's like, I didn't want to see my phone. I didn't want to see any social media. I just need, I, I need to take those fast every few, you know, every few days, at least once or twice a week, you know, just for, just, just for sanity, especially the way things, the way life has been for the last, let's just say six years, <laughs> you know, since, or yeah, since like 2016, you can say that. <laughs> how, just how, I don't know how divided things have appeared. I won't say that it, it really is not as on a bigger scale as we're led to believe, because when you get out, when you disconnect and you get out in the real world, you realize, okay, it's not as bad as, as pumped up to be this. So all this so-called division and, you know, and clashing of ideas and, and this people being uncivilized toward each other. It's like, yeah, nah. Now what they do online, that's another thing because those are not even them. They're, they're most people pretend to be something else when they're online. Okay. These are avatars at the, at the, at, at the worst. So but like I said, it really helps to like I said, just disconnect and take a step back. So and I think well, when you're saying like, you know, you have that older Kindle where you don't have to be connected. And I think what ends up sucking now is the fact that Kindle's available on any, like any medium that you have, whether it's your phone, your iPad or whatever else. So I think it really helps to actually turn all that off, you know, make sure that you're not, connected right. to your wi-fi but it's so sometimes when you're just in that mood just get right on you and think twice about it because we're always always so connected to the point where logging on is not even a thing we have to think about anymore it just happens you know now that has to be a conscious thing to have to actually like turn off the wi-fi you know because or or even the cell service or whatever so it has to be that thing because we're so easily connected to things and so next thing you know you you get into this flow and you're reading and all of a sudden a notification pops up and you're like wait First, you're kind of pissed off, like, man, I was reading. What the hell is this popping up? So then you go to try to turn something off, then something else pops up, and then it's something that gets your attention as to do with your business or whatever else, and now you've kind of been distracted. And, yeah, or you've seen that notification, and you turned it off, but then you're trying to read, but then you're like, damn, I need to address that. It's kind of like how you tell me, like, like you know, how back in the day you pretty much had to, like, turn your email off or whatever else because it's like late at night not reading emails because you see these fires that need to be put out made it very hard to go to sleep. You know, if it's something dealing with your business, you see- is, I mean, you're out at you're out at a concert, you're doing something fun, and then maybe in between bands, you go look at your phone, and there's yeah. some problem, and now it's on your. You can't do anything about it, right? There, and, but now it's on your mind. Yeah, 
you're irritated. Now, if you didn't see that, you would have you would have you would have seen it later and then dealt with it when it's appropriate to deal with it. So, I mean, why do I need to know what's going on at that moment? Because if there, <laughs> right. is a bomb, there isn't anything I can do about it. Yeah. Now I just don't look. Now when I'm out and about, that's it. And, and honestly, yeah. to me, that's easy. I mean, Carol and I, we saw, we saw Brian Adams at the, <laughs> the Encore. When mm. was it? It was last year in November. Yeah. Anyway, he was awesome. He was great. But what's interesting is that the second he got on stage and started playing, everybody was on their feet, not necessarily watching him, but taking selfies with him in the background. <laughs> <laughs> this one girl was, she, she must have filmed the entire concert with the phone in front of her and Brian Adams behind her. So he's the backdrop <laughs> and she's just dancing and looking at the phone the entire time. <sighs> and I, I go, this, I go, this is so pathetic. You know, because <laughs> I, at first I was like, Hey, let's get a picture out here, you know, just for us. But once I saw everyone doing that, I, go, I know, dude, <laughs> it's like, my wife, we were the same way at the Chris Stapleton concert. It's like, I was just when I was like, get ready to take my, well, actually what kept me from wanting to take a picture is the fact that no one there had their phones out. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I was like, I don't want to be that. I don't want to be that one asshole. You know, right. at that point, I was like, you know what? Nah, we we're both here. We shared the experience. We're good. And then it was even to a point where he um he he did Freebird, and um so of course anybody here Freebird naturally anybody that's in our age group you know back in the day you hear that people brought out their lighters or whatever it was to the point where he had to like really kind of push people to get their phones out and turn the lights on, you know, on their phones and do it. You know, people are really, truly enjoying the show that much that they really weren't thinking about their phones. I was like, it was so weird. It's crazy how that felt like bizarro land to me, that the fact that no one really was trying to film the whole thing and and take a million selfies or whatever else, that people were actually enjoying the show. It's weird that that was weird to me because that, let's just admit, probably in the last decade, so that is not normal anymore. You know, that people can actually go to events and, actually go to just pay attention to the event and actually enjoy the show and not have to do a, an Instagram live of the whole concert, which yeah. 20 years ago was illegal. <laughs> which is crazy to me. Yeah. Was, that was bootlegging. Right. <laughs> now it's not even frowned upon. It's to the point now where you got to have certain artists or whatever, tell, making people have to check their phones in as they enter into well, the and, venue. Well, what, I don't, what I don't like about having the dock and everything is that it's, it makes you mo- it makes it you give the you give the illusion that or not even the illusion because you're doing this but you're it's, like, it's as if the Look entire reason while you're going is to document that you were there for other people to see that you were there like look at look at my life look at me that, i'm i'm better I'm, than you i'm here and you're not right <laughs> but that concert have been less enjoyable if you just went there and no one you know no one knows that you were there right it's only you and whoever you're with that's it because, like, look, when I went to concerts as a kid, no one took pictures. No. Forget about filming. No, I mean, first of all, it wasn't convenient to you, and they probably wouldn't let you in there with the camera. No, they wouldn't. But no one yeah. really cared to do any of that. So you didn't have to dog it. Like, I don't have any pictures of me at any concert growing up. Not one. Yeah, I don't have any either. <laughs> but, but, but it's not like it takes away from those experiences. I look back on those shows to this day, shows I went to when I was a teenager, going, man, that was an awesome show. Now, I'm not going to lie. It would have been cool to have a couple of photos. It would have been cool to even have a couple of clips. But in yeah. some ways, I'm glad we don't because I was able to experience that viscerally. You know, you're there. You're, you're feeling the whole intensity. There's no distraction. Right. That was part of the fun is that it was a total departure from your life at the time. <clears throat> and fully present in the moment. I mean, you're, you're not thinking about, oh, I got to go to school tomorrow or I got to do this when I get home. No. For that 60 minutes, 70 minutes, 80 minutes, you're fully present taking it in and having yeah. a good time yeah <laughs> to the point where you're like oh man it's like you didn't even know if you were going to experience that again like that even seeing that artist again or something like that you know right. so that's why you took it all in like oh you know this might be my last time it's crazy because i look at that <laughs> i have that attitude now because so many artists are dying <laughs> so young i'm like so when i see them I'm like yeah or when they come to town I, say, yeah, yeah, I know this dude's lifestyle i better go i better go to this show because this might be the last time <laughs> you know it's crazy because i actually last the last one i said it about was george michael <laughs> i was like i said okay the fact this dude was on for his 25 tour i think this is like 2012 2011 i was no it's actually before that it's like 20 i think it was like 2000 eight 2009 and i was telling my wife who's my girlfriend at the time i was like, I said, yeah we might want to go to this show because this might be the last time we see this dude 
Right. I said, because looking at his track record, I mean, the fact that he's healthy enough to do this tour, let's, I said, because I've already missed out on artists that I thought I was going to get to see. I said, okay, I, I, I missed them this time. I may have been out of town or for whatever reason. I said, I'm going to catch them next time. Like Tito Puente, you know, Celia Cruz, you know, all of them is like for all these different festivals or whatever they came, you know, came into town. I was like, okay, I'll catch them next time. And there wasn't a next time. <laughs> like the year later, next year they died or something like that. I said, yeah, I really like these artists. So let me make an effort to go see them, you know, because you never want to sit back and like, damn, I wish I could have seen that person while they were alive. Especially when I, I have the means to do so. There's really no, no excuse at this point, you know? Right. So, you know, I, I feel good. The fact like, okay, I, I got, like you said, there was those experiences where you didn't get necessarily get the film or whatever. Like, dude, I got to see Prince perform live in Houston. He was like one of the last concerts in the summit before it became Lakewood Church. You know, I saw him New Year's Eve, 1998, which means at midnight, he performed 1999. I said, that's an experience that most people will never understand. Okay. The fact that when the clock struck 12 and it was freaking two, January 1st, 2009, I mean, uh, not 2000, was it? No, whatever. I mean, uh, 1999, he performed that song live. Like, dude, do you, so that, that's, that's an experience right there, you know? So, and not only that, that was the last show that I ever saw him in. And no, he's no longer with us, you know? <laughs> you know so, like I said, it's just one of those experiences. Like, that's a story that just feels like you can always say, and people are like, Wow. <laughs> you know, even the biggest Prince fan who didn't experience they're like, man, I would give anything to have been there for that, you know? And that's just something that you get to take with you, you know, just, it's, it's like, wow. It's really, how many times do we get to do that now? Cause everything's just so accessible. It's like, oh, well, I missed that show. I can, oh, I can go, oh, somebody uploaded it on YouTube, <laughs> you know? So, oh, there's the whole show. <laughs> so, yeah, man. Yeah. And, it, and it's such a, Going to a concert live versus watching it on your TV or big difference, man. It's not even in the same ballpark. Even like, even, a, even going to see something like, like the UFC. Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. Now the, the added, the added bonus when you're watching TV, you got the commentary, you know, or WWE, you got commentary, but to go and experience these things live. I mean, when you're sitting there and you, it's one thing to sit there and watch a knockout, but when you're there and you hear that knockout, Oh, yeah. When you hear that and you're you're in the nosebleed season, you hear that boom, you're like, okay, he knocked the living crap out of that dude because I felt that all the way here in the nosebleed seats. You know, you just can't you just can't beat that, man. There's nothing like it. Everything is more impactful. Live. Yeah. Just, yeah. And that energy that's there, you know, when right. other people are experiencing with you and they're seeing this knockout or the a really good fight and there's this chess match going back and forth, you know, it's just something it's way different than going to a sports bar. <laughs> and watching it even as a teenager going to movies i remember the crowd oh, yeah. be really into it and to the point where people are interacting with it <laughs> almost as if it's a live performance i remember we saw right. weapon two in the theater and people were shouting out stuff the entire time and it were was you in a black theater <laughs> no no i wasn't I, I those are the best this is, and it wasn't people talking the entire time they were like oh damn you know you seeing stuff blow up or something or something let's just say something like a surprise and everybody screams at the same time you can't beat that i mean uh there's there's dennis glover's character and he's about to shoot this and he goes oh you can't shoot me i've got diplomatic immunity and then my brother's two rows behind me because we couldn't even sit together it was so crowded and i hear roger yell out shoot him anyway <laughs> that's the fun of seeing a movie in the theater versus right. watching it at home at least it was at that time yeah that's the, that's the, that's the other thing I now, so now you get a theater full of rogers and that's not funny like all right man shut the fuck up back there <laughs> so, now, now you have people i mean here's the funny thing about movies that i've noticed now because carol and i go to a lot of movies and what I notice is that one, a lot of people have to urinate a lot because people. Not, dude, it's, uh, and I love this it, to my, just for safety reasons. I like I to sit on the end of the row, but everybody's, excuse me, excuse me. I'm like, God. I don't know if anyone is going because they actually have to go to the bathroom or they just want to check their phone out. So I don't know what it is. But you I'm know assuming. what it is, but pay attention to them. It. Everybody's got these extra large drinks, you know, because now they got these super large drinks and they got unlimited refills. So no, they're, they're having to pee, dude. <laughs> seeing popcorn, which is salty. So now you get more thirsty. Yep. It's, it's all good marketing. 
It's one, one way to keep you buying. But I think some of it is that people can't sit still for a couple hours. They just get angry. I, okay, I, I can agree with that. I, now, can, I, I can see that. I'm just guessing here because it's not like I follow these people out every time they leave and see what they're doing. <laughs> that would be hilarious. That keep going. And it's, I mean, I, I, I can't remember the last time I had to get up and use the bathroom while I was at nah. you, know, you go in it. Two hours, three hours, especially if it's a really good movie, you don't want to leave at all. No, because I'm like, man, you missed that one little part, and it will throw the entire movie off for you. you right. Know? So yeah, man. <laughs> like, take care of all that before you get there. That's why I don't like having any water or anything while I'm watching a movie. Because I don't want to get up. <laughs> I treat it like I'm when I'm driving on a road trip. I'm like, God, everybody use the use the restroom now. Cause I really don't want to stop. <laughs> It's like, I really but, but don't. I think one of the benefits also of going to a movie theater is that, I mean, if you do it correctly, you put your, put your phone on do not disturb. Or yeah, exactly. And then it's two hours where you're not even going to look at it. You're not going to check yeah. your messages. You're not going to check your Instagram. You're not going to check your social media. It's just a couple hours in that. It just gives your brain a break from all of that. Yeah, but everyone yeah. who knows me knows that I do my Instagram fast. I'll probably do, I did one last year. I'm sure I'll do one this year where I just shut it off. Yeah, it's not even not even so much that I don't get on. I just close it down for a while. Yeah. <laughs> now the problem with closing it down is, last time I closed it down, it was really difficult to get it back up to the point where it makes me reluctant to close it down now. Well, they know what they're doing, dude. I mean, it's, I'm doing, Facebook. They know what they're doing with that. Just like okay, you know, we have our pizza business and all that. So the fact that all the business pages of our you know business, even I mean, they're all connected to my personal page. So anytime I try to shut my personal page down then it'll shut down the business pages. So it's like they knew what they were doing. So I'm like, okay, it doesn't matter because I don't run the pages. We have like a, a team that does all that. So I'm like, good. It just means I just won't be on Facebook. So I, I have a post that has, that's been up there for like two years. There hasn't been a post since, you know, and it's just funny how every now and then someone knows if I popped up on there because all of a sudden uh, I'm liking a post they probably, or, or a message they sent me from like a year ago. I'm like, like I, it sucks because there was a dude that was a promoter back in the day when I when I was spinning, and I used to do this one club night or whatever. And it's kind of crazy because I didn't even know the dude passed away. And when I saw I was tagged in the the message that the other guy that did the promote uh, the nights with him that promoted those nights had you know was kind of going on like yeah back in the day we did this and we had sincere doing this night blah blah at this whole club blah blah. And so of course when you put your name in there, of course it tags you. And so when I saw this, I thought he had passed away recently. And I just looked at the date of that post. It was back from June. I was like, whoa, damn. So it's, it's kind of sucks because I'm like, okay, there's no reason to reply to this now. I mean, like, I had no idea, but I just, I'm, I'm just, dude, I just really have no reason to be on Facebook at this point. I have no desire to be on there, you know, especially just <clears throat> you know, like I said, it's, it's a very, t- in a lot of places, it's very toxic. Now, what I do like about, like I said, I spent the time once I, escaped Facebook and came over to, you know, sports spending more time on Instagram. I was very particular on who I followed, you know, and who follows me. Cause I didn't want to, I didn't want to go through that same situation like I did with Twitter and Facebook and whatever. So I was like, okay, I want more stuff that's a little bit more in tune to what I'm doing, a little bit more inspiring and things like that. Or if it is some silly stuff it's some stuff that I like my kind of silly, you know? And so, but even then when I'm on IG, I'm mostly interacting with, real friends in private like with you whatever you know i'm dming like i'm rarely i rarely post on there or whatever because like what's the point at this point especially when you got everybody they try to post positive things they're posting these <laughs> oh show they, they, they're posting roomy quotes but they're in their bikini right <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, i'm like you're, 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 you're giving me life lessons with a g-string up your ass okay <laughs> and you're bent over. I'm like, okay, that's, I'm sure that's what Rumi would have wanted. <laughs> or you post some Buddha quotes and I'm like, you're sitting there, you post some Buddha quotes, but you got your camera pointing down your shirt. You know, you it's a top down like post. <laughs> like, I mean, the only time I have a picture of myself with the quote is if it's my own quote. Yeah. <laughs> Does that make sense? It's like, yeah. okay, I'm the one who said it. So here's a picture of me. So you put it together. Right. Now I'm going to have, I'm not going to have a picture of myself with a quote from anyone else. That doesn't, it's confusing me. It's like, or when I have my own quote with a picture of someone else. Exactly. Me, there's my quote and there's Denzel Washington. They're like, wait, wait, <laughs> I'm confused. <laughs> 
So did you say this or did Zell say this? It doesn't matter, man. And most people are posting that so they'll get your attention. Like, oh, Denzel. So Denzel. Oh, wait a minute. That's a sincere quote. Why is Denzel on here? Because <laughs> we we think alike. That's why. Oh, okay. <laughs> Weirdo. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's that's it's hilarious, man. When people are trying to like, they realize like, oh, let me go the deep route on on social media, and that's how I can build a following. But at the same time, let me show myself. <laughs> you know, that'll that'll get everyone's attention. Like, okay, which one is it? So I think the problem with overly fixating on social media, and I don't I don't say this completely because there are there is some merit and there is a way to use it effectively. I think the problem with overly fixating on it is that it gives you the illusion that you actually did something, like you accomplished something. Right. Now, I put up a post maybe a few days ago that it's a screenshot of Ty Ritter of Project Child Save just giving me an update on some kids they saved on New Year's Eve and Christmas. They saved 15 kids in total. And that's so I posted that and I mm-hmm. post that so that other people can see like, hey, here's a real message from a real guy and here's what they did. Mm-hmm. So I think that's pretty powerful to read something like that. Now, that's great that I post that. Maybe one person will donate out of that whole thing. Right. And I don't have any illusions about it. In other words, I'm not thinking, okay, if I post this, I just did my fundraising. You know? <laughs> right. I'll say, it's like, man, I'm so great. I posted like, this. I got a bunch my 10,000 followers all went and donated. Like, nah, 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 yeah. you know. I, I would be surprised if even one person who's never heard of it actually would. Right. But if one person does, then it was worth posting. Yep. But it was, it's, but it's also something where there's so much fakery and there's so much narcissism that I like to post things that have nothing to do with that. Like, you know what, here's, here's some real people doing some real things. Mm-hmm. And here's a, here's an issue that we should all be concerned about. And here's where you can go learn more about it. <clears throat> yeah. but, but sometimes people feel like, okay, I posted something so that I, I did I'm good now. Work. Okay, I've done my duty. I'm, yeah, I'm like, okay. I did my work for the day. You're like, no, no, no. Even with their businesses, they feel like, okay, if I post this about my businesses, I'm like, no, this is just, this is just an accessory. This is just an added thing to that should be part of your business model when it's right. done correctly. It should not be your business model unless, I mean, even if you have an online business, even if you're a social media influencer i put that in quotes <laughs> you know even that being said it's still not enough because you're not the only one and you're you're in a pool of a lot of other guppies trying to do the same thing so how are you going to stand out when you're all doing the same thing in the same arena trying to you know trying to build the same type of business and capture the same eyes you got to do something a little different you got to go somewhere else with that so it's going to take a little more you know especially with so many eyeballs fixated on this and right. you're not the only one so you know, I think, again, that's also another issue when people do start a business or whatever, they feel like, okay, well, I got to get my social media presence. Like at the end of the day, most of your business is going to come offline. Okay. And people, so what are you doing out in the world beyond what's on your phone or on your computer for your business? Are you getting out there? Are you going out to events? Are you going out to fundraisers? Are you, you know, setting up meet and greets? Are you doing, you know, um, um, lunch and learns or things like that? Or, you know, what are, what else are you doing beyond? Cause most of the people who are spending money, you know, and want to know something about a product, they actually want to get to know you and somebody, that's what you got to sell. And it's really hard these days to really, really sell you online because so many people are fake. So many people are faking it till they make it, you know? So people understand, is this really them? And the only way they're going to know that they got to consistently keep up with you. If you're being consistent, if you're consistently posting, and putting your personality out there over and over, which means it's going to take some time. It's going to take a lot more time for them to truly get to know, trust, and like you for, for the most part. If you're just depending on, on, on online, you know, online presence per se, compared to seeing you in person, because when you're in person, they get to, you know, you can, a lot of times people can tell when somebody's being fake. <laughs> you know, there are no filters. You know, and all these other different things. There's no little mate, you know, a particular background all the time that has to set the mood. You know, you pretty much you have to be you. Or if you're not being you, a lot of times if people are paying attention, they can see like, oh, this dude's so fake. You're like, ah, I'm good. Right. So if you're lying, trust me, you're not going to be consistent with the lie. If you're trying to act like you're this certain type of person, you know, can you consistently keep up with that lie? 
and, and be this great guy, this inspiring guy or whatever. And, you know, can you do it every freaking time in, in, in different times all the time? Can you really do that? If that's not who you are. Doubt it. Doubt it. <laughs> so. So, yeah, like I so said, just again, like you said, there's, there's a time and place for that. It's not like it's a totally bad thing. You just really have to know how to utilize it to whatever, you know, you're trying to accomplish. You know, sometimes maybe you just want to be a narcissist <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, there you go. Social media is great for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's no longevity I, I, in it. <laughs> well, my, my attitude about social media is very simple. I go any, anytime I'm on it, I ask myself, could I be doing something that's more enjoyable than this? And the answer is always, <laughs> always. <yes. laughs> but why am I on it? <laughs> but once I ask myself that question, that's when I shut it off. So right. eventually, and so if I'm on there, eventually that question is going to come up in my mind going, okay, yeah. you know, it looks like a nice day outside today. It's blue skies. The weather looks good. What am I doing here? I could be out yeah. skateboarding. I could be out walking. I could be out getting fresh air, having a, a real world experience. experience yeah. I think the good goal to have is, See, life can become Groundhog's Day where every day feels very similar. You wake up mm-hmm. at the same time, you have your coffee, you check your email, you, you go through these routines that we all go through. And, and that's part of life. But see, those days are not days that you're ever going to remember. Yep. It's the days where you do something unique. Like one time, Carol and I were going to go out to dinner and we were just going to go to a Thai restaurant. And then I said, you know what, let's do something totally different. Let's go to this restaurant called Blackout, where it's all vegan food and you eat in complete darkness. And guess what? Uh, that, that's a night that, now this would have been a night that we probably wouldn't even remember. You just go to a restaurant you've been to a million times, but right. it became a night that you're always going to remember now. Right. It was something unique. It was something totally outside the norm. So now five years from now, I'll remember that night. Right. So it's good. <laughs> but how many times, how many nights do you re- remember from mint? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I've been to mint a million times. Or, yeah getting a veggie burrito at Rubio's right. <laughs> that's, that's really going to stick out. Right. Now you can't necessarily have experiences like this every single day. Now I get that, but you want to have it often. It should be frequent, right. but at least once a week, you do something where you're going to remember that. Maybe you went hiking to a new place. Yeah. You just did something outside of your norm. I mean, sometimes it could be something as simple as you always take a certain route to get somewhere. So now you take a different route. Yeah, I do that. Actually, <laughs> actually have to think. So, you know what? I've, I've lived out here for 10 years. I've never even been down this road. Right, let's see what's down here. Or even do, or even yeah. if you take the same route, don't drive. Let your significant other drive and sit on the passenger side and see what's on the other side of the freeway, you know, yeah. or other side of the street. You're like, oh, damn. How long has that been there? Uh, it's been there, baby. <laughs> I was like, oh. Well, I'm always driving, so I never see that side of the street, so <laughs> wouldn't even know. So even something that simple. Yeah, it's just good to have opportunities to shake things up, to just, just rattle things a bit. Yeah. Or viewing things differently. That's why I like doing things like staycations and going to concerts and just getting out there and doing things. And that's what was cool about last year is we got a big step back in that direction. I mean, let's see, we went to three concerts and one UFC and three comedy shows. That, that would actually be really light for a normal year in Vegas because we go to a lot of those things. Yeah. But given that we didn't do anything in 2020 like everyone else, yeah, that, was, <laughs> that was a welcome change. Yeah. And those are things that you're going to remember. You know, I remember concerts we went to when we first moved out to Vegas because they were impactful. Now, I don't remember going to a restaurant we've been to a million times or, or, or even seeing necessarily a movie unless it was a really good one. So I think that that's a good goal to have often is doing things that are memorable. So otherwise it's, it's funny because I mean, you can count on seeing people, you know, it's actually easy to avoid people because people are into routines. Yeah. So if we're going, okay, you already know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, okay. This group is going to be at the dog park at this time. So that's so, so, so I'll go about four. I'm gonna go about four hours later. But I know they've all gone home by then. It's useful information on whether you want to join them or avoid them. <laughs> right, you know, depending on what kind of day you're having. <laughs> you know when they're gonna be there. You know that the gym is crowded at certain times. So, yeah. so if I get there between one and three, I'm gonna be good. If I get there after four, it's gonna be crowded. So what do you do? You make sure you get there between one and three, and you get out there as often as you can. So it's. But people are on these routines because it's easy to fall into the, this groundhog's day. I mean, sometimes 
I'm driving out to run errands and I see all these different cars converging towards the dog park because that's when that group goes. You know, they all go there at the same time every single day. And I think there's a comfort in that that some people like. It's almost as, you know, in Cheers, they, everyone goes to the bar and people know right. your name. No. <laughs> yeah. We all have our own kind of Cheers in different contexts. Right. The dog park for different groups is like, because it's, it's a place where people meet up and they get the chit chat. And I'm not saying this in a disparaging way at all. I think it's great. Especially, I think it's great that you get outside and you're, you're socializing and you may not be going for a long walk, but at least you're moving around a bit. Right. Because another thing that so much of socializing revolves around eating and being sedentary. Yeah. Let's meet at the coffee shop. Let's meet at a restaurant. Okay. How about you meet and you go hiking for an hour or you meet, or you, you meet and you go for a walk, you walk and talk instead of just everything has to be sedentary. Yeah, that's, that's, I think that sometimes that's even better than just having to sit there and kind of force this conversation. We're sitting right. across from each other because if there's some silence, right? Some people are not good with silence, even for like a minute or two, you know, whereas if you're hiking in silence, like, okay, catch your breath. <laughs> it's understandable, you know, so the conversation is a little bit more, you know, there's a little bit more intent when you're talking. And you're right. moving around, you know, compared to just kind of just sitting there because you, you kind of just start gazing off in the space for a little bit. And then it's just kind of like, then it gets really awkward because then you, somebody's probably thinking, okay, you're not even interested in the conversation. Or just maybe they just run out of things to say. And like I said, people are very uncomfortable. So many people are uncomfortable with silence. <laughs> no doubt. You know, you sit in the car with someone and then all of a sudden you've been talking for a while. Then you stop talking. Some people are like, okay, I, I'm silent. I need to come up with something to talk about. Somebody say something. Then <laughs> you start making up stuff. You know, like, no, can we just listen, listen to the music? Or sometimes just listen to nothing and just look outside and just take it all in while you're driving. It's okay. It's okay. You don't have to constantly talk. It doesn't mean anyone's mad at you. There's a problem. It's just like, okay. To my, again, it kind of goes to that philosophy. To my only speak when there's, you, you have something useful to say, you know? So, again, meeting that resistance, <laughs> yeah. you know, the resistance. theme of the day. You know, the thing about resistance is it's not just for things that you, you feel that you should be doing, but you have resistance towards. A lot of times you have resistance for things that are fun. But hey, let's go to this concert. I'm like, well, I don't want to deal with having to drive there. And then there's going to be a line to get in. A lot in, of people are going to be there. A lot of drunk assholes, you know. <laughs> crowded to get out. So there's even resistance to things that, seemingly you should be excited about right resistance to that now that that's how and it's always like that voice that just keeps telling you no, don't do this don't do that you don't need to work out today you don't need to go out to dinner you don't need to go to a concert you can just you just do nothing and sometimes that's good sometimes it's good to do nothing but a lot of times it's we're very good at rationalizing not doing things yeah and i like to say that if if there's a goal that you want to achieve, you don't need motivation. You're going to be hell bent on doing that. Yeah, and, and I stand by that statement. I believe that's true, but that doesn't mean that there isn't going to be a resistance. In fact, there'll, there'll probably be more resistance. Whenever you make a decision to do something, you notice that all of a sudden the impediments start popping up. Well, what if this, what if this, but what about this? And then what about this? <laughs> it's like, well, you don't know that for sure. In a lot of those cases, you're making the shit up. You know? I remember when I first started, taught kettlebell courses, there were always a lot of moving parts because one, I had to find a location. Then I got to make sure there's kettlebells on site because this is before there were cross, CrossFit gyms everywhere or gyms that even had kettlebells. The gyms didn't have kettlebells at that time. Or you're renting a facility that's not even a gym. Right. <laughs> it's a community that. center or something yeah, like that. You know? center or a, a church. Or something. You know, something like that. So now you got to... We go, okay, we can bring this many bells, but that's not enough for 30 people. So now you have to incentivize people to bring their own bells, but you have to give them something for that because that's a hassle. Right. But it was, you know, nowadays, I think a lot of people will be like, man, I got to bring my own kettlebell. Forget it. Because people expect that kind of stuff to be on site. Right. Now, now it's reasonable to expect that because that's you know, once, once I got past maybe 2007, 2008, I, I never had to worry about that again. But between 2002 and 2006, that, that was a constant problem of, are we going to have enough bells on site? We always managed to find a way to make it work. Yeah. But there are there always impediments, though. There are always things that we're going to 
hamper your ability for that course to actually come to fruition. And every time you pulled it off, it became easier to pull off the next one. And then it got, and then it became easier to pull off just because the landscape changed. Now you're booking a venue and they have everything on sites and all you have to do is show up and you're good to go. And there's always, there were other problems as well, but those were the big ones initially. But also, that's also a sign that there's an opportunity. And when things are, once a bunch of people have shown you, hey, this is possible, the, the ground floor opportunity is gone at that point. It's a ground floor opportunity when very few people believe that it's possible. Then you're then then it, then it, then you have to have strong belief on your own, not because you saw someone else do. Right. <clears throat> so yeah, man. Cool, bro. I think that's that's a good place to stop. Yep, I think so too. <laughs> yeah. So it's a good way to kind of bring in this this new year. You know, give people some things to think about. And I don't know, man. Like I said, I I just feel like I said, I feel way better this time around. You know, seems- yeah, I do. I feel positive. I feel like this is going to be a really good year, and I think we're just going to continue to get back towards normal. Yeah, well, as close to it as possible for the most part. You know, you know, just kind of getting back to old routines or revised routines. You know, or even a new one at this point. So, <clears throat> but yeah. yeah, we can't use we can't let this pandemic be something that just stops us from living fully. No. That's, that's the way for us to summarize this whole episode is that life goes on. There's a lot of really good, cool things to get into, a lot of really interesting things to get into. There's going to be a lot of resistance no matter what it is you try to get into. Yeah. But every time you push through that resistance, you're just fortifying yourself. You're building strength so that resistance is always going to be there, but it gets to the point where it's, it's not even something you have to think about stopping or evading. It's just going to go right by you. Exactly. Perfect. All right, folks. So, yeah, it's going to wrap up this episode. So hopefully, you know, you let this marinate and you guys take action and really just get out there and start living, man, because now more than ever, you know, we we're starting to realize just how important it is to get out and live. Right. You know, we've had we've had a couple of years to realize how we've taken it for granted. So let's not let's not let's not do that anymore. That's all I got to say. No doubt. It's perfect. All right, folks, we'll catch you guys on the next episode. Thank you guys for always supporting us throughout these years. We truly appreciate that. And we'll catch you guys on the next episode. Take care, everybody. Take care. That wraps up this week's Live Life Progressively show. Be sure to head over to MikeMahler.com and NewWarriorTraining.com. Use the coupon code LLA12 and receive 12% off of your total purchase at either of those websites. Also, for more personal protection tips, make sure you head over to NewWarriorDefense.com. Support the production of the Live Life Progressive Show by heading over to Patreon.com and becoming a patron. Simply go to Patreon.com slash LLA Podcast. All Patreon subscribers receive Patreon-only access to our brand new show, Afterlife, which is a brand new behind-the-scenes episode that is not available to the public. Our Patreon subscribers also get to enjoy bigger discounts on all of our products by receiving patron-only discount codes beginning at 15% off on all products on MikeMahler.com and NewWarriorTraining.com. Don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Lastly, be sure to share the episode by following us on social media, on Facebook, as well as our new account on Instagram. Until the next episode, take care, everybody.